down and get with it children's fashion information podcast for children or anybody interested in knowing more about fashion and the various aspects of it today we are talking millinery what's millinery well millinery is hat making harvey santos is with us today and Harvey is part of the British Hat Guild. He's also Hat Designer of the Year in 2013. He was involved with British Fashion Council and their hedonism directive and he's got a lot to tell you all about millinery. At the fashion school we've realised that lots of children are really interested in millinery um, and I think it's a really rewarding creative process and another aspect of the industry that you don't know about and so we're hoping to work with the um, hat guilds british hat guilds to create some workshops for you at the end of the year so without further ado let's meet harvey i hope you enjoy this interview hello there everybody and welcome to get down and get with it the children's fashion information podcast each week we bring you somebody different from uh, various parts of the industry and sometimes i sit and i think oh we need to speak to a so-and-so or a so-and-so and sometimes actually a personality comes up and i think Yes, you know, they are a whatever, but they're just going to make a really, really great interview. And that's the situation with uh, Harvey Santos. And uh, Harvey, I'm very proud to say I've known for a while. Um, now, Harvey is a milliner. Uh, and some of you will be going, what is a milliner? But here's a clue. So he's part of the British Hat Guild. OK, he was hat designer of the year in 2013. And in 2015, he was part of a British Fashion Council directive called Hedonism. So I've spoken enough. Let's go straight to Harvey. And hi, Harvey. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I know, isn't it great? Oh, so, um, Harvey, the children and teenagers always want to know about your story. Uh, you know, the, whoever we interview, they, they just want to hear about you, first of all, how you got to where you were within fashion and, you know, exactly what your role currently is. So, um, fire away. Um, right. So, I didn't start as... I didn't start in fashion. I started in performing arts. I was a ballet dancer um, professionally. That was way back in Hong Kong. And then my partner has been um, given a job uh, to work here in London. So we've, we've done the move. And then I couldn't find a job. Um, plus I've, I've also retired as a dancer then. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, and so I've transitioned, well, I kind of transitioned myself from retiring from dancing to a costume designer, which is, which is, I loved most. So that's, that's probably where the fashion um, angle is, is going. So um, because I wasn't trained, I have no training in applied arts or in fashion or in arts and design. I was kind of stuck. So I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I bought a copy of The Hat magazine. Okay. I went to I went to McCulloch and Wallace buying fabric for a um for a fancy dress outfit for a Halloween party. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I thought different stories you will tell me yeah I don't know and, and then there was the hat magazine so I was like I, I bought it and then the millinery world just unfold between my two hands and then there was tuition so I started off with a workshop with um, Rose Corey who used to make hats for the queen mother yes. and then um, I got addicted to making hats and then I I craved for more. I did an application for the Royal, um, the Royal College of Art for millinery. Um, and then I didn't send it <laughs> because, <laughs> because I was so, I was so skinned um, oh. and I couldn't afford, I, I couldn't afford it. And that, then, this thing? Mm. Yes, it, it, it's always that. And then there was the Kensington and Chelsea College, mm, yeah, yeah. where I've actually met you yes. for the very first time. In, the, in that cold, cold but gorgeous building. Yes, yes. And then eventually from there, I said, oh, I can afford this. I'm going to retrain myself into, into something else. So I did millinery and I got addicted to it. And then everything just unfolded and unfolded in front of my eyes. Um, and then I did my first internship during college um, with Noel Stewart. How, how did that happen? Did you find it yourself? Or um, there you were, Noel or what was, did, did the college help you? Was it, he was part of the mix? Um, it has always, it has always been um, um, recommended by teachers. Yeah. So if you've got time to spare, go to an internship and I didn't know where to start until a, fr um, a classmate of mine, Sophie Beale, has oh. said, she, she said, um, Noel's looking for, uh, for an intern, why don't you do that? Yeah. So I, I, gave, I gave him a call plus email and stuff and then suddenly I was in and it was so exciting because the first job was to make... Um, headpieces for Kylie Minogue's um, concert tour. Oh, right up your strata. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and it, it was, it, it, all slotted, it all slotted in because I had performance, I had performance, um, what do you call this, experience. And I, I also have been a dancer and we so happened to make hats for dancers. So it's like, what do we need? Technical, technical wise, it's yeah, like, how are we going to attach it to their heads? And what's the massive range of movement we can do so that these hats won't fly out? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So from then, work with, work with Noah for quite some time um, until I graduated, until, um, until um, Stephen Jones yeah. needed, some, needed some help. And so I started with... Um, a project-based um, production work for Stephen. Yeah. And then, yeah, I got sucked in. And then I started working for Stephen, sort of like full-time at some point, and then part-time because I got another job for the Opera House, the Royal Opera House. Yeah, yeah. Um, and doing, doing that all simultaneously while also... Um, making my own mark for my own brand. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to launch a brand. I have no idea in launching a brand. Mm -hmm. um, although what I was doing then was um, going on competition with 
a hat designing competition yes. that the hat magazine was doing. And I've entered every year. It didn't cost me to do, it didn't cost me to enter. I just have to make a hat of whatever materials I have lying around, given their theme. And then I would just admit that and sort of like, well, I don't really care what happened. I just want to be part of it. And then great attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you know, you win. First, I win third prize. And then second time round, it's like, oh, my God, this is exhilarating. I'm going to enter again. And then send me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was that childish. I'm like, this is exhilarating. This is again. (laughs) Um, And and then I won first place without actually knowing what the prize is. What is the prize? Or what was the prize that year? What was it? The prize is um, to exhibit. No. um, It's... It's a stand in an exhibition. Yeah, yeah. That's how I heard it then. Right. <laughs> which is, <laughs> which on paper, <laughs> it actually is a stand in a trade exhibition. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> in, in Paris. Great. So I thought I'm, I'm just going to exhibit my hats. Yeah. Okay didn't realize that I have to launch a label and sell my hats. <laughs> sometimes, you know, it's because you can Twitter and worry forever, can't you? Sometimes it's better. Suddenly it like comes at you when you think, right, I've got to deal with it then. Yes, I have, I have no business plan. I have no business strategy, no plans whatsoever. All I had was those three hats. And then um, Carol Denford has basically said, mm, I think you might have to launch a collection. <laughs> uh, how did you fund it? I mean, how did you manage to fund a, to launch your collection? Did you manage to do it with, uh, you know, what you'd saved or what? How did you manage? I had I had some saving. Plus, also my partner was very generous to lend to lend some money. Yeah, uh, which I'm still paying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it it was it was it was good. Yeah. Um, I started. I started with twenty hats, with a big. It would. It, it was a huge range because I'm like, well, it's sink or swim. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And I've got all of these materials. I can. I can eat. I can easily make twenty hats. Um, so you know, it's it's all of that student intern um, mentality where you just don't sleep making stuff. <laughs> Sure. Because it was it was in July, and then the exhibition was September, so it was absolutely crazy. It's very much, I think, part of who you are because you are absolutely committed, and when you go for it, you really go for it. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I've I've had so many students, but I will always remember you because you were just so meticulous, so driven. So I mean, there was you know what I mean? It was like you were gonna go, you know what I mean? It was it was because of this attitude that you had and maybe the fact that you'd had a very different background, you know, in, in dance and the theater, not in the UK, that you came in with this drive. So, mm. uh, you know, and I think it's very really important that children could just do listen to this children because, you know, things don't always come to you and you you have to do it like you mean it and you have to do your homework. Yeah. it's it's. 
it's also when you find something that you really like, mm. which you learn to love. Absolutely, yeah. You would, that, that's, where, that's when it comes, is that you get invested in it. And, you know, it, it will be difficult. It would be nasty. It's mm-hmm. not going to be easy, but it's something you love. So you nurture that, like, you know, like you're, like, I don't know. It's 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 hard to talk to, to children about motherhood and like being a parent, but there is something that you're holding there. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I, I think many of them will completely re- relate to what you're saying. Uh, now, would you say that... Um, the millinery um, industry, is it like quite supportive? Do you all know each other? Is it, um, have you all helped each other? I know that you had internships, etc. Is it kind of, do you all know each other? Is it- the best thing about the millinery world that I find is that we're, we're all like pretzels. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're like very, very tight knit. We do know each other and well, we do know- help each other. Yeah. In, in fact, um, when my time was up at Noel, mm-hmm. he actually sub- um, suggested me to work for, for Stephen. And because he's also worked for Stephen, there was, we, the thing is that now that I'm in this position um, of like having my own brand, we talk about um, the next generations of millionaire. Mm. And like, oh, so-and-so is good. Oh, yes, if, you know, if you need an assistant, get so-and-so and this person and that person. And we, you know, that's why we have also the British Hat Guild because um, we, um, we'd like to be that pole that could help the next generation of milliners as well. And yeah, no, we, we have supported each other. In fact... Every now and then, Noel would call me and ask for help. It's like, do you mind helping me with some Givenchy project that I'm I'm having? And Stephen would sometimes um, give me some projects of his. Yeah. Like for Mark Jacobs, I made a lot of boaters for the runway show okay. because I have this special machine. Yeah. Um, that does one. Yeah. That's a really sort of sustainable and supportive environment for you all to work in and something that I know lots of children they're very scared about what's going to happen in their future and I think that if you were interested in millinery it is a very embracing community oh yes and Mm. and and for me that's almost as important as their creativity because I what I worry about is some of our students will go into a, a college where they're on a course that actually wasn't the right course for them they kind of lost their way and they came out and they didn't get a job and they had a debt. And I just, my, my mission is that hopefully nobody on my watch will ever be in that situation because, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a big white elephant, isn't it? You know, all the fashion graduates who don't get jobs. So, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, well, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. No, no, it's, no, it's, no. A, it's a tough world but... yeah for sure for sure it's mm. a tough world yeah and um we uh so now you've got your label you're established you've got all these things behind you that I've start I've only you know gone for tip of the iceberg of all the things that you've you've managed to do and I mean how long has your label been going for it's I launched in 2013 
Okay, so yeah, so established now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yes, eight years. Yeah. Um, eight years trading, you know, it's um it's it's tough, especially now during COVID mm. the COVID era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we have we have to be creative with with the business side of everything, not just not just our products. Yes, absolutely. Um, um I know I was talking to you earlier on about I think a lot of our children are interested in millinery and, and we our intention is to to start some some workshops up uh, actually with the millinery industry rather than apart from it and pretending. So that's something that if you children, if you're interested in, do get in touch because it's something we're going to move forward with. So um, so Harvey, so where I so you're now? Um, do you have a studio? What happens? Do you work? Have you have got a studio at home? Do you have? How does it work for you? I've always had a studio at home. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I couldn't afford studio fees. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the be the beauty of millinery is that um, right from the beginning, our equipment would be like an old kettle. Yeah. Boil water to get some steam. And the most expensive things are basically the molds, the hat blocks. Um, but, you know, this is this is what we um, we save money for. Yeah. And if you're industrious enough, you could make your own hat blocks as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's very it's there's very little investment in it as far as I'm concerned, because I, I like the fact that you can create your own blocks, not just create your own final hat, but also that journey of like, oh, yeah, I made this I made this hat using a salad bowl or I made this hat using you know something else um because it's it's good like that yes and 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 also I think if you have a resourceful mind it's you know, really great I try <laughs> I know I think it's fantastic well we're all the same aren't we it's all smoke and mirrors really yes 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 <laughs> and that's that's what makes everything so unique and fabulous Absolutely. because you let your mind race rather than you know sort of like doing the same thing over and over again I think that um it's a really important point that you brought up there because children you don't have to be sitting there you know I always talk about the shiny pencil case you can make do with what you have around your house and it makes you more creative and there's something really wonderful about want where you you really 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 want something and it may be a hat block it may be you know whatever and it's like you really really want it and you're going to save up but what can you use meanwhile and it's such an important part of being a creative so if you haven't got any money don't feel it's not for you because it is you know there's so much you can do Harvey I'm going to ask you a question that um I'm, is, if something I hate it when people ask me this one if you had to kind of encapsulate your Harvey Santos, your brand, and what you did, what would you kind of say? Ooh, that's a tough question. <laughs> what, what about if you had to say, if you had to, you had to take away three, three hat styles with you and say, this is how I define myself or something like that. Do you have something you think, I know I'm known for that? Um, 
I, I do, um, because it's, hmm, um, I think it's because I'm in this bubble of the COVID world <laughs> and, and things change that it blurred my mind. But um, one thing that I'm known for is um, explosion. Brilliant. Yes, absolutely. And I've made, I've made headpieces that looks like it explodes and it's 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 very big yeah, yeah. and you see it's i don't know if it's right <laughs> to talk to children about this but imagine like a watermelon yeah and you fill it with dynamite and then it explodes and you videotape that and you slow you replay it slow motion and you take the fragments of that explosiveness and freeze it midway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you take that and you just put it on your head and you've got this exploding watermelon on your head. Um, but yes, it's, um, it's, it's that it's freezing movement and putting it on your head is what I've always done. Um, I'm attracted to movement and energy that comes from my balance from my dancing background, I guess. Um, and it's that. Sometimes it moves, sometimes it doesn't. I can show you a hat for autumn winter that I'm working on. Oh, yes. Which is quite explosive. Sorry, kids, you can't see this, but... Um, I'm, I'm having a look. Oh, my gosh, it's so fantastic. Oh, and it really suits you. It really suits you. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it, Harvey, that you spoke about movement. And it's very true that quite often lots of children see fashion as a static piece. And that's mm -hmm. only half the story. Clothes move, you know, it's they're very tactile. So do remember yeah. that. that. That's wonderful. We may try and sneak a still on that <laughs> at some point to put on your, um, you know, to say, here's Harvey Sandoval. <laughs> Oh, sure yes um well that's what fashion um fashion catwalks are all about isn't it the the presentation on catwalks is that so that you could see the fabric move so that you could see um the garments yeah. um yeah. is how it's draped on on someone's body or potentially on your body Mm, yeah. Um, and it's kind of, it's not quite the same in millinery because most hats are quite rigid, mm -hmm. which is what I go, you know, the other way of it. How, how can I make hats move yeah. so that it constantly attract attention yeah. so that you get, a, you know, a, a dramatic entrance to whatever party you go to um, or event. Um, and yeah, it's, I try to create movement with the hats, uh, especially with my designs. Um, and I guess that's what sets me apart from, from, from other milliners, apart from an, an explosion of colors. Yes, yes, exactly. No, you do have a, um, you know, a wide palette, don't you? Mm. There's a little girl here called Sally, she's 10. She just wants to know, where do you get your inspiration from? Um, I get my inspiration from almost anything, yeah. um, whatever it is I get obsessed with. Usually it starts with a piece of art or, or like an artwork. Yeah. 
Um, from my new collection, I um, I got inspired by Cubism. Uh-huh. Um, and I basically honed into Picasso. Right, yes. And how he's distorted the faces and stuff and things like that. Um, and what's difficult with that was finding movement. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you, you're, you're working with a two-dimensional thing, which is a, a photograph or, or a painting. And then how do you make that move? Maybe you don't, maybe you surrender to it, but that's that's the journey. Um, and then there is words. There is all, always a play of words which, become, which becomes sometimes the title of my collection. Yeah. Um, in, in one of my old collections, um, I have a collection called Birdie. Oh. That was um, way back in 2017, I think. No, 2016. And I had all these mood boards. I have all of my drawings, development drawings of, of something quite pretty. And, and then I tore it all, I tore it all apart. Oh, that is so um, And then I, I was getting quite good. Yeah, I'm so pleased that you said that because that is part of the process, isn't it? Like mm. Move boards all around you or whatever process you use in your creativity. And children, there is no shame and it's very important part of your creative process to decide to tear it up, go start again, move into another direction. It's like mm. your, your, your concept and your theme changes with you as you go through your journey. So here, look, here Harvey is saying, you know, don't ever be scared of making a mistake or what mm. you perceive to be a mistake because probably it isn't, yeah. Well, the thing is that I got stuck with the idea. Yeah. And it's not it's not talking to me anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it happens, doesn't it? Uh, you know, often, I'm sure some children will know that when you've started on something. And as yeah. Harvey so clearly says, it stops talking to you. So what, you know, what happens? Yeah. So I, I was stuck for like about a day. Of just looking at it and I said oh forget this I'm I'm going out <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go out to, I'm gonna go out bring a friend with me and just talk about absolutely different things not fashion related nothing related to anything but just let's just talk different and then wake up one morning yeah and then facing it again went to my studio and said to myself right what are you going to do this time and then all I heard was the chirping of birds. Yes. And then I looked out and there were birds all over my garden. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what I'm going to do, birds. <laughs> and then that was it. And then, you know, suddenly the birds are here. And then this is the birth of my very first exploding bird. Oh, my word. It's just absolutely beautiful. And it is so you. If I found that on, a, in you know, somewhere and everybody had to say, who, who is, who's is this? Who's is it? I would say, oh, that's Harvey. That's Harvey Santos. Yeah. I'll send you the picture to that so that the kids could see what I'm, oh, thank see what you. I'm talking so, about. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. That's great. That, that's really, really helpful. So, um, yeah and then that's sometimes the inspiration just comes like that sometimes yeah. you you really don't have to think yeah. um so no let me rephrase that sometimes it comes unexpected 
unexpectedly when you're not aware that you are thinking. Yes, yeah. And sometimes it's damn tricky, isn't it? And you mm. you just don't feel inspired. So when you feel like that, children, don't think, oh, this is the end. I'm I'm not creative. These things happen to all of us. Mm. It doesn't, you know, um, you know, it's so this is a quite a normal part of your passage. So so not to worry. So um Grace, she's 13, she wants to know, are you good at everything or do you work as a team? Grace is 13. Um, I used to work with a team. I had some assistants because we all we all wanted, of course, we all wanted assistance and stuff. Um, but of course, nowadays, um, especially with with the pandemic, um, that's that's a little bit that's a little bit hard. So, um, but I'm not good at ev- I'm not good at everything. I'm not good at business. <laughs> well, uh, that's a whole different skill. That's a whole different skill. But right, right now, I get to do sort of like all of that. I do, I do my business skills. I do my press skills, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, sometimes when when it's pressing, you kind of have to do it yourself. Um, you know, it's um, it's hard. It's not easy, but people are there to help you, mm. and you know they they help. Yes. Um, which is what's good with the fashion industry is that sometimes you don't know um, terminology. It's like, what are you really talking about? Yeah. Just don't be afraid to sort of like I do, to to reply to them. Sorry, I don't understand that. Mm. I understand, I, I understand it differently, but, you know, can you shed some light? And it's, it's always so easy when you just say, sorry, I did, not, I did not understand that. And then they will actually help you understand it, which is really good. And it's a really good point, children, you know, that to ask uh, you are struggling. And quite often the question that you are thinking is the question everybody's thinking if you're within a group or if you're thinking a question it's to do with something you're not familiar with you may think this is really daft and they've never heard of this but actually they probably have and it's quite a common situation for somebody not to understand that particular whatever it is you're trying to do yeah Mm -hmm. ask for help don't be shy don't feel it makes you look a fool reach out so um jake who's 14 he says what's the hardest thing for you owning your own fashion label and we've already answered where do you find your inspo so um but anyway that that's from jake he's 14 so what's the hardest thing for you the hardest thing for me um well at at the moment the business is hard (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. um but in terms of building your career there is that moment especially if you're a creative like me is there is that that bridge that you cross where am I gonna make it or not yes. um, and I don't I don't know how to answer that mm. you just cross that bridge um you only know when you've crossed that bridge when you've when you look back and I say always look back <laughs> yeah 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 um yes um it's hard the hardest thing is when you worry too much 
and and they do and you know this is such it's so sad because so many of my teenagers especially worry 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 and uh you know and it's the the environment the world is making their sit you know them, them worry more and overthink and mm -hmm. uh, i think yes you know sometimes you you just have to have self-belief you know yes. you just have to have that that was the hard the, the hardest bit is to be actually be aware and um when you're stuck you need to be it's it's hard to be aware of that when you're in that phase of stuff but i what i found really really um comforting was acknowledging it for the very, very the very first thing i do is that acknowledge it okay i am stuck yeah and that then propels you to go backwards and see the big pictures. So what can I do if I'm stuck? What can I do? Where do I go next? Am I gonna cross that bridge? Am I gonna jump? Am I gonna go a running jump to cross that bridge? And then you get you get to plan everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, and then and then suddenly, you know, you'll get obsessed with that, and then you'll forget that. And once you forget that. You, you'd hardly realize that you've actually have just crossed the bridge. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, then, I think that's, that's yeah. really true. Um, and children, I think that's, you know, you look back on what you've achieved, and I'm only talking for children that come to the fashion school, but I'm, I'm sure it's not exclusive to fashion school, and there are creative kids everywhere. And sometimes rather look back and actually what you've achieved over the past few years as a creative what have you done you know congratulate yourself on all the things that you've actually learned and done you know and it doesn't have to be directed to fashion you know there can be other creative things do celebrate everything you've done i know quite often children say oh but i you know i want to i haven't really i don't know what to say i haven't i'm going you've done this 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 and that and that and that and they're like oh my god i'm going yeah do you yeah, recognize your achievements yes so, um I've got, a, I've got a nice one here. Ava wants to know, how can I dress stylishly and uniquely uh, without spending so much money on designer clothes? By <laughs> <laughs> uh, being creative. Um, I remember when I was um, still a student, uh, a dance student back in Hong Kong, I, I see fashion magazines and it's like, oh my God, this is absolutely fantastic. And it's like, maybe sometime I would be able to wear this mm. or like I'll be able to afford it. I mean, we're talking about D Dior men's. We're talking about Fendi. And I was a student, it's like, girl, come on. <laughs> but then um it was from being creative it was from being creative um, yeah can wear stylish clothes yeah that, that seriously look around you look around the house yeah what do you have lying around you would have off cuts of fabric here and there maybe your granny has this old handkerchief that she left there that she never cared about anymore yeah yeah. Put that on yourself, put that on your new clothing, turn that into like, you know, if it's a lazy handkerchief, why don't you snip off the lace, put it on your collar maybe, or put it on, on your sleeve, 
This um, is, yeah, absolutely. And if children, you're creative, you have this wonderful gift, you can create your own style, your own fashion. Quite often, you know, we look and aspire to sort of like, you know, some of the bigger brands, but they're mostly saying those close to people who have not got your gift. You don't need, you almost don't need it. You know, you've got your own style, just as Harvey says, look what's around the house, you know, um, you know, put a put this fabric, it can be a sash, it can be a whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be beautifully finished. Just, just, just have a confidence in what you're wearing, have a route around mm -hmm. cupboards. You can alter things. It's, this is one of the best gifts of being a creative child is, you know, you have, you have that magic that other people don't. And you don't need designer clothes. You, you've got it. And that's when you become a designer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And I'm sure everybody, you know, from your Kim Jones to Alexander Michelle, they started off doing this. You know, they, oh, yeah. they you know, that's, it, it's, it's really valid. Don't feel you're kind of doing a second best. This is actually something that is really treasured within the fashion industry, that creatives have their own style. You know, you don't have to keep, you know, um, thinking that you have to buy a Fendi this, that, and the other to be in fashion. And that's actually how you also get your own aesthetic and style. Absolutely. It's by taking what doesn't cost, what's no longer needed, and turning it into something new. Mm. Um, when, I when I was doing um, millinery, when, I, when I've actually... Um, before I started with KCC, I had 60 hats that was lying on my table. And I was like, what am I going to do with all of these hats? So I, I turned them all apart and turned, in, turned them into a new hat. So, were those hats that you just bought or were they some that you've made or were they, you know? I've, I've, made, I've made most of okay. them. Okay, right, right, brilliant. Yeah. And then also I was I was given some vintage um, yeah. felt yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't know what to do with this and mm -hmm. until I started chopping it all up and then putting it back together that it became something new. Oh, it's a chopped hat. It's a chopped up hat, mm -hmm. which is now a new different kind of hat, which is kind of modern. And then I still have them, by the way. <laughs> That's absolutely great. Yeah. And, and that, again, is really good advice. You know, because just because you've made something and you've designed it and you have it and then, you know, you can give new life to it, keep it going by deconstructing it, adding other things. And Harvey's speaking in relation to hats. We had Patrick McGat-Dowell, who has taken some of his collections and then taken them all apart and then created something new for a new collection. So, you know, it's uh, it's it doesn't end almost like it's so great because the design doesn't necessarily have to end. It can keep on going new life in your wardrobe or in your, you know, uh, your, your, your portfolio. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's, it's a good way also of just recycling everything. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So this is um, an advice question. This is from Lily. She's 12. And she says, I love writing history. Uh, I love, sorry. I love writing history, film and fashion, of course. I don't like designing. So can I have a career in fashion? Of course. Mm. The in, in fashion, it's not just about clothes that, or making clothes or designing clothes that, um, that, um, that's needed. You, you can be the next Sarah Moore yes, who, writes about, 
who writes about fashion that reviews um, reviews fashion catwalks and all of these stories. And she's also an advocate for um, for um, sustainable fashion, sustainable mm -hmm. and um, ethical fashion. Yes, yes, and it's you know maybe you're good at numbers. You can be. Um, you can work at the finance department of a fashion label if you'd like, but still yeah. keeping yourself in the fashion industry or yes. or press. Absolutely. And, and press uses like, a lot of words. And, and if you like history and um, what, what, what else did you say there, Dan? But if you like you know, um, history and English, so beyond even that, you know, say a journalist or a critic, you mm -hmm. also could also be um, involved in production and also creating, you know, different, there's, there's the whole sort of fashion communication field. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's, there's so much there for you. And, uh, you know, so, so I would say it's absolutely great. Don't think for a moment that the designer is the epicenter because it doesn't work like that sometimes it can be quite you can be quite um isolated as a designer mm -hmm. if you're in the middle of some of these other careers you're there bang 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 the whole time yeah. um yeah no the, the, the designer is just a part of a worker there is a network of workers in in a certain in a certain fashion label mm -hmm. and there is there literally is a job for everyone in the fashion industry. Um, yeah, even a secretary, personal assistant, maybe, yeah. or yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot. Yeah, lots of really, really interesting jobs. There, and I hope the other podcasts give you an idea of the many that are out there. Um, here's a question, and this is from PG, and he's 14, and he says, Is anyone gay like me? Can they share their story? Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're talking to the biggest queen here. <laughs> um yes, there 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 are a lot of um wait. Let me post you this question, PG. What kind of gay are you? Do you have five legs or do you have seven fingers in one hand? Um, there's a lot of gays around. Yeah. Well, it's our most popular question. It's the one that's answered more than any other. So, you know, <laughs> and you all give, and, and, you all, oops. And, you know, <laughs> and everybody gives their own personal view. On it. <laughs> and it's so exciting. And it's always so reassuring because everybody wants to reach out a PG and say, you know, this and this is, you're in fact, you know, this is fashion. <laughs> well, this is gay people in fashion, and it's absolutely great. If, yeah, yeah. But you know what's amazing in the fashion industry that I find is that there's no longer that. It doesn't, it no longer matters whether you're a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, gay, gay or straight, or confused or bisexual or just you know yeah none of that matters what matters is your existence you're there we're here we're gonna be working together so you know yeah let's make things happen yeah I think I mean, that, um, there's no more gender no 
It's amazing. And, and PG, do, do you really believe this? You know, imagine if you are, I don't know where you live. I don't know what your circumstances is. I don't know if perhaps you haven't actually spoken to people about, you know, your sexuality. Um, you know, it's a personal choice for sure. But so we, we're talking to you from the fashion industry. And I understand that maybe where you're, you are, this is a, you know, we, we, in my the fashion industry has always been really inclusive, I think, in terms mm -hmm. of sexuality, always. But um, but from your angle, it may feel very different from where you are. But we'd be rest assured, you know, um, no problem. And uh, maybe if you ever felt isolated because of your sexuality, because wherever you are, you know that you can always, um, you know, find a mentor within the fashion industry who could help you or could reassure you and you could you know if you don't know how to do that come through us come through the fashion school and we'll um you know obviously help you with that connect you with somebody so you feel kind of reassured yes yeah yeah, yeah. i think so yeah yeah so um yeah you go. that was a great answer harvey <laughs> And uh, so Harvey, I thought we were looking to the end. No, no, no. So um, thank you so much. I am, um, um, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed that, children. So much to hear about milliners. Um, and I hope you understand a bit more about the industry. Uh, and it's been an absolute pleasure to have Harvey on board. Thank you so much, Harvey. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. And keep creating whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs>